0: I'd like to read. It's entitled, How much is that old Bible worth? Some time ago, an old man living in New Jersey discovered about five thousand dollars in a family Bible. The bank notes were scattered throughout the book. In eighteen seventy-four, the aunt of this man had died. And one clause of her will was as follows. To my beloved nephew, Stephen Marsh, I will and bequeath my family Bible and all it contains. He did not discover the money until 35 years later. Recently we spoke about the sin of Jealousy, The sin that blinds. We have some more sins we'd like to talk about. This morning we'd like to talk about the sin that burns. And the sin that burns is malice. Malice. We might define malice as enmity of heart. Antagonism. Hatred. Ill will toward another. Malice covers any condition where the heart is not right toward another. So what does the scripture say about malice? Well, it has a lot to say, and we'll notice scriptures as we move along, but we might just start with this one. 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. Brethren, be not children in mind, yet in malice, yet in malice, be ye babes but in mind be men of full age Or then I be put that stop thinking like children in regard to evil malice be infants but in your thinking be adults well I think this is an appropriate subject to discuss because malice is widespread it invades all men saved as well as the unsaved it's found in families among races nations and even in the church let's notice first about malice in the unregenerated the lost When we turn to Titus 3 and verse 3. Paul writes, and he's referring to the way they were before they became Christians. For we also once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, Serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. That was their former life. And then he says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love appeared, not by works done in righteousness which we did ourselves, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. When a Christian is tempted to unkind thoughts or words toward others, Paul suggests he ought to reflect upon his former life before he became a Christian. Malice in the unsaved may keep him unsaved and result in the condemnation of his soul. A man spoke to a preacher who was unwilling to come to the Lord for salvation. His own words showed where the trouble lay. He says, My brother was killed by a certain man, and I have malice in my heart. The Lord could have taken away the malice from the man's heart, could have saved his soul, but he was unwilling to submit to the Lord. Malice in the unsaved may keep him unsaved. Malice appears in some when black power or white power are mentioned. Haman had that kind of a problem. Xerxes, the king has elevated Haman to a prominent place just below him. And Haman thought everybody ought to sort of bow down to him, at least among the king's servants. And so he had the king make that proclamation. Well, Haman hadn't noticed, but as he walked by, everybody bowed down, except one man, Mordecai. And some of the men noticed this, and they mentioned it to Haman, said, did you notice that Mordecai doesn't bow down to you? That really bothered Haman. He didn't like Haman. He didn't like all of his people, that race of people, the Jews. So he got the king, Ahasuerus, to uh, make a proclamation That on a certain date they cast a lot that the Jews were open season to everybody they could just put them down kill them well things turned around on Haman when the king learned that Mordecai had saved his life well you know the rest of the story but Haman was bothered in fact he had to die on his own gallows for his own malice people in hell because of malice against others a Christian may not behave himself in a right way or herself in a right way and cause malice other people well it behooves the child of God to so conduct himself so as not to cause malice and if we have It ought to be adjusted. We need to remember that an eternal soul is at stake. In Romans 14 and 13, Paul said, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge ye this rather, that no man put a stumbling block in his brother's way or an occasion of falling. Malice may be found not only in the unsaved but in the unconsecrated child of God. Paul wrote letters to the churches in Ephesus in Corinth Colossae and these were all Christians at least professing Christians and he wrote to them about malice. He pointed out the danger and the cure of malice a dreadful sin when it's uncorrected one Lord's day after services there was a visitor a man he asked the preacher if he could speak to him in private they went into a classroom nearby sat down at a table and as they sat down the man pulled a pistol out of his pocket laid it on the table between them. And then the man said, I'm carrying this pistol for my brother. If I meet him face to face, it will be his life or mine. He told him that his brother had cheated him out of business, and because of that, malice and hatred had entered into his heart And he was determined to take the life of his own blood brother. This man professed to be a Christian. The Tragedy is that he had allowed the sin of malice to lay hold on his heart till he was beside himself with anger and hatred. There were two brothers in the church, brothers in Christ, who had not spoken to one another for some time. One of them was on his deathbed. The other brother came to him, wanted to make amends, offered his hand, but the one who was dying refused. He said, I will never shake your hand. On his deathbed, going to meet God with malice on his heart, what did Paul say in Galatians 5:19 through 21? He says, the works of the flesh, he gives 15 of them, he says, And such like of which I warn you, and did warn you, that they who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking about the heavenly kingdom. Inherit something in the future. And those guilty of such shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Malice may be found in any heart for a moment, but it need not remain there. If malice should touch your heart or mine, we should know what to do about it. We should know how to overcome it and to keep our hearts free from your will. For example, someone may say something to you, against you, critical, criticize you or your family, or the church. Your will, for the moment, may come into one's heart, but our business is to deal with it and to see that it does not abide there. Well, how can we overcome Alice? It's going to come from time to time. Four suggestions. One, be as a child. In First Corinthians fourteen, and verse twenty, we looked at this once before. Let me read it again, brethren: Be not children in mind, yet in malice be ye babes; but in mind be as men who are full grown. How quickly malice leaves the heart of a child! Two children may have a fight in the morning, part with angry words, but by noon, they're playing again. The parents may take up the fight, bear ill feedings for years, but children are over in the minutes. Therefore, Paul said, be as a child in malice, quick to forgive, quick to forget. Boy came into the house. He'd been playing with his roommate, or... With the neighbor boy. They played together all the time. But they had a fight. They stormed back into their house, stomping their feet. But it wasn't long until this young man put on his cap, his coat. He's going toward the door. His mother said, Where are you going? He said, I'm going out to play with Roland. He said, Well, you just had a fight with Roland. He says, Yes, but Roland and me's good forgetters. Be Christ like is even more important than being childlike. This is the solution for all sins, especially the sins of disposition. Sometimes you hear the expression, somebody's got an attitude problem, they need to make an attitude adjustment. What we need to do is simply keep the Lord before us and seek to be like him. We know how he was despitefully used. He came unto his own, and they who were his own refused him. John 1, 11. He came to save all men. And his own brothers of the same race made him suffer. Took his life. Made him die on the cross. And yet, his love was undisturbed. The centurion and those who were with him had the responsibility of seeing that Jesus died on the cross. They watched him. Luke tells us, or rather Matthew is the one who tells us this, chapter 27 and 54, he says, Now the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus, they watched Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were done, feared exceedingly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. What did Jesus say from the cross? Of the seven expressions, the the very first one was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Be Christ-like. Be forgiving. In fact, we need to seek to aid all who stand in need of help, in spite of any disagreement. And this is the spirit of Jesus in all of our activities. We may not like what a man does. Disapprove his attitude. But we need to bear toward him the attitude of Jesus toward all sinners jesus condemned the pharisees i mean face to face he called them hypocrites time and time and time again he called them serpents offspring of vipers to their face he said to them fill up the uh the measure of your fathers they had crucified or not just crucified they put to death All of the prophets, and he knew they were going to put him to death. And yet, he was ever ready to forgive them when they came in faith and repentance. We need to remember how God has forgiven us. In Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, Paul wrote, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and railing be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God also in Christ forgave you. And that we need to remember. This is Christ's likeness to forgive others. Thirdly, if we are to overcome malice, we must remember that malice. Hinders christian growth we're to grow in the image of christ 2 corinthians 3 in ephesians 4 and 30 and grieve not the holy spirit of god in whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption of course the day of redemption is again the day of the resurrection We can grieve the Holy Spirit, and when he's grieved, then there's no peace in the heart. Malice and peace cannot dwell together. Malice will consume peace. When the heart is filled with malice, then sleep and rest, peace and joy are taken away. If we seek peace, we must turn from holy malice. But malice and Christian growth do not go together. Peter said, 2 Peter 3 and 18, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2, he says, putting away, therefore, all malice. Now, the other scripture I read, malice, was at the end. Another one is in the middle, but here it is at the beginning. Putting away, therefore, all malice and all guile, hypocrisies, envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes long for the spiritual milk that is without guile that you may grow thereby unto salvation peter and paul telling us if we want to grow we have to get rid of malice in our hearts the christian who harbors ill feelings is one who has not grown in grace and will never grow in grace until he gains the victory. Malice and effective soul winning do not go together. Malice takes away the burden for lost souls. Malice and answers to prayers. Answers to prayers do not go together. What did David say in Psalm 66 and 18 if I regard iniquity in my heart? The Lord will not hear you'll not hear our prayers the fourth reason we're going to give is if if to overcome malice if we would overcome it we must put off malice and put on love I referred to Colossians 3 7 and 8 before but let me read it and some more wherefore <clears throat> ye also once walked when ye lived in these things but now do ye also put them all away anger wrath malice in the middle railing shameful speaking out of your mouth lie not one to another lie not one to another seeing that ye have put off the old man with his doings and have put on the new man that is being renewed unto knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bondman, freedman, but Christ is all and in all. Put on Therefore, as God's elect, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion, kindness, loneliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving each other, if any man have a complaint against any, even as the Lord forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to the which also ye were called in one body. And be thankful. As Christians, we are to take off the, to take off the sinful habits. Put on the garments of tender mercies, kindness, meekness, humbleness, long-suffering. Put off malice, put on love. And that's best accomplished by prayer. We need to pray to God to give us a spirit of love toward others. We need to pray to God for those who despitefully use us. We need to pray for the person, not just to accuse the person before God. Earnestly, with a whole heart for God's blessings on one who has offended us, every day. If we pray in sincerity and love, malice will be taken away, and love will take its place in our hearts. When should we put off malice and put on love? But at the very first indication, put out malice. Go to God in prayer, because malice is a sin that burns. There are danger and death in delay. The preacher was called to the hospital to see a man, and as he walked into the hospital room, he, it seemed as though death was near. This man had worked in a chemical laboratory. And one day he dropped a small drop of acid on his trouser leg. And he didn't consider the matter serious. First night he found a small red spot on his leg. A few days later it was still there. Put a little bit of ointment upon it. A few days later it was... More large, larger, size of a silver dollar. So he decided he'd go to the company doctor. But the doctor paid little attention, gave him a simple remedy, but it didn't heal, and it kept growing larger until his whole body was affected by that tiny spot of acid. And in the hospital, he was very ill. Five days later, the preacher stood by his casket, preached his funeral, and tried to comfort his wife and children. Malice burns in the same way. It begins small, like a tiny drop. It spreads, and it will spread. It's a sin that burns and it destroys as it burns. If a man is foolish enough to set fire to his own house, burn all of his own possessions, so is the man foolish who sets his heart on fire with malice and burns his heart through anger and malice and revenge. So, in summary, we need to be childlike, We need to be Christ-like. We need to remember that malice hinders Christian growth. And, fourthly, to overcome malice, we must put off malice and put on love. We have a song of invitation. This is for those who have not obeyed the gospel. To come forward confessing your faith, having resolved in your heart to do God's will. That's repentance confessing him before men and women and then being baptized for the remission of your sins. But the invitation song is not only for those who are outside of Christ, but for those who are in Christ, who have a need. If you have a need, you may come forward and we'll do what we can to help you. Would you come as together we stand and sing.